You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Roast with the Host Morning Show. I'm one of your hostesses. Yeah, I see With the most assist, man. God, God, God. Yes, sir. Me, Big Ja, and the, and the biggest of the big homies, uh, Mouthpiece. <laughs> yeah, Shan. Mouthpiece, you man. Hey, the man, where you get the your biggest homies at, man? Where, where you get your grill done at, Black? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, man, through the homie, man. Dr. Connolly, Thomas Connolly, man. AKA Dr. The- Connolly. A.K.A. the Donna Grills, man. He did a great job. That's on dope. Me, that's he's dope. the buffest dentist in the world. For yeah, real? hey, actually, he's going in for a competition right now, bodybuilding. This nigga building. looks like a hokamaniac dentist. Like, yeah, for real. Gamma yeah. Ray's all in his office. Damn. Yeah, I'm trying to get him to, uh, uh, to, to do some work on my mouth. Pause. Because uh, he ain't trying to go to the Dominican. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to have to go to a South American country and, <laughs> and deal with somebody, uh, you know. They give him chicklets. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, chicklets. He, he did a good job, though, man. I know people are always talking about it now. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy because um, I ain't going to lie to you. Ever since I got it, um, jobs have been coming in. It's crazy how people call me up and. The, the connection of me saying, uh, what's your name, by the way? Mouthpiece. And then they look at my mouth. It's like, oh, shit, it fits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's been working like crazy ever since I got it. That's dope. That's super dope, man. What's going on with you, Ja? Hey, man, chilling, brother. This is trying to make life happen for myself, man. Keep it going. Keep it grooving and all that. Yes. Hey, man, we got to go harder on this content. All day. I'm going to tell you why. There's yeah. going to be a strike in Hollywood. Oh shit! There's gonna it's be a writer strike. Strike coming, and they already here, Loki. It's damn near here, and you know yeah. what? What they're gonna turn to, where to content? Us. We gotta create more content. Yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. And nah, if I the actors shit, go on strike, it's gonna be even crazier because the actors are currently fighting for residuals. Because I don't know if you know this, but if you book a role and they stream it, you don't get residual income from that. But with normal TV shit, like once you book something in the contract, you make residual income yeah. every time they play off the off the broadcast. And oh, even even the snippets? Even nigga, if it's streamed, you don't get no bread as far as residual. Right, 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 right. Everything is a buyout. That's crazy. So they're going to turn to us. Right, right. And right. we got them. We got them. Have me in the next shit, man. Hey, I was big enough to be in cuddle season. That nigga had me hey, in cuddle nah, you ain't, hey, you All ain't. these 300-pound niggas. Hey, bro. That's oh, the only reason got why you wasn't in it. I said, oh, damn. Man. Hey, y'all, hey, y'all been seeing my I'm nigga Craig. I'm 260, Fred. nigga. Hey, y'all been seeing my nigga Craig work out and shit. I said, damn, this nigga getting slim and trim on us, man. Well, call me, nigga. Fuck. You man, know what I'm saying? I know some good man. belly rubbing bitches. Yeah. I've never nah. been a good beggar, man. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> I am the homie. That everybody got a homie like this, man. Is I Sometimes I just starve. Fuck it. Oh wow! 
Nah, I believe in saying nigga, something. You hungry, nigga? Stomach growling? Nah, I'm straight. I believe in saying something. And least. I won't rob you if I get hungry. Some niggas, if they go an hour without eating, they already plotting on how to rob you. On the hungry. Yep. Sorry, man. Yep. I'm hungry, man. I ain't eating two days. And okay. if you that type of dude who feel like, well, if my homie ain't giving me what I need, then you know, you know what's next, nigga. Ski mask. You a wow. bitch ass nigga. You said what? So, you said what? Like that, boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're this a nigga, the director behind the director. Uh-huh. But he back there whispering. Put it this way. Put it this way. I'm a Sam, a Sam. Like his fingers made it louder. Nigga start doing Right, right, right. right. Yeah, I'm, I'm we just understand that this came out, nigga. <laughs> this nigga saying, come here. then. That's happened. That's happened. That's happened. What you saying, man? Raise that up. That nigga was out there giving out traffic directions. Are, are you a man if you accept a false apology from somebody? Sometimes motherfuckers apologize to us when it's not sincere, and we just accept it. Just when so you we say don't accept it, meaning like go back to how it was, or accept it like, all right, this nigga say you sorry, I don't believe him, but fuck it. Well, just to avoid the drama. Because I feel like, I'm, I'm, as men, I feel like it's important to calibrate shit correctly. But sometimes we don't want to be bothered. You know, because yeah. if you leave things unsettled normally because of the way the human brain is, shit is automatically automatically going to relegate to its lowest form. I think I think if it, if I have, uh, depending on the, res- the relationship I have with the, with the person, if the person is important to me, then... I gotta get to the bottom of it, nah, nigga. You you, you don't mean that, bro. I can tell. Right. In fact, let's let's figure things out, bro. Let's work this shit out. Let's make it make sense. Right. But if I don't really give a fuck about you, and hey, my bad, y'all. I just, you know, my fault, bro. And I know he ain't sincere. I don't really give a fuck about him. I'm like, all right, nigga. I probably won't have this thing in my life no more anyhow. So. Right, 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 right. So I was on La Russell's page, man. I'm a fan of his work. Russell's shout out to La Russell. La Russell, he, he he a dope rapper, man. Shout out to dude. Man. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. La Russell from Vallejo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, he you know he definitely is a smart guy. Positive vibes, right. nothing but positive things to say about him. But he posted something today, and I commented on it. And he in, in the post he said this is the first ever time where fans can make money with an artist, referring to his business model. Right. And me knowing the shit I know, I'm I put no, that's a lie. On his page. Mm. And then somebody commented under, oh, you a hater. Why are you hating? And I said, hold on, man. Just because a nigga don't agree. Let me tell you hate. something, bro. I'm a hip-hop head, nigga. I'm a hip-hop head. Right. Fuck who's hot right now. I'm, I'm a, a hip-hop head. I don't know how old Russell is. Right. I've been aware of him for maybe four or five months. I've been a supporter of him the whole time. Right. But right. I got the right to comment on somebody's shit if it's inaccurate. Right. Right. Why that make me a hater, nigga? Because you don't fall in fall in line or follow suit. You know, I hate these niggas. Yo, Dewan has a saying that I live by now. It's one of my sayings. He said, "There's no, there's no such thing. There's no, there's no perfect messengers. Only perfect messages." Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. niggas look at you and feel like you're not capable of certain things, and I feel like that's what that is. You know, we all have people like this in our lives that love us, but they don't experience everything we do with us, so they only understand you to a limit. Right. right when it right. comes to this hip-hop and this basketball shit, I'm a savant. I hear that. Period, point blank. I've been doing this shit since I was six, seven years old. Right, that's your area. I know this shit. 
Mm-hmm. I know this shit. How y'all say uh, Bill, Pelich- Bill Belichick, no football, or how, uh, you know, uh, certain niggas that are genius level at the shit they love. I know hoop, and I know hip-hop that way. I don't yeah. mean hip-hop trivia. Right, I don't right, mean, right. I'm not going to tell you what the greatest album was or who's right. the first rapper to go gold, but what I'm saying is my understanding of the art form. Being able to hear certain shit, certain syllables, wordplay. I'm a nigga that when I talk, if I think about it, I can tell you how many words was in this in in the, in the sentence I just said. Right, mm. right. My right. mind breaks down words differently than other people. I'm into linguistics. That's the study of language. I understand the etymology of shit. I know shit. And at the same time, the weird thing about me is I'm a terrible speller. Yeah. I may be undiagnosed dyslexic. I don't know. You one of them niggas I that can't a, spell restaurant. I was a B student in school. Nigga, I scored 1,100 on the SAT. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was good enough to get into most colleges. Right. You feel what I'm saying? But the shit I know is A-plus level. So when I made that comment, it wasn't that I was hating on the Russell. It was because I was privy to other information that I felt like the young brother needs to know. And I don't give a fuck about the social hierarchies or who knows who or you should do it like that because I don't plan on being personal friends with the young nigga. But whoever's around him needs to stop having him say things publicly like that last statement that aren't completely true because it's not true. The first uh, one of the first artists to do a profit share with their fan base. Well, I'll, g- I'll give you a list of ten right now. Oh, he said ten. It's ten niggas that have done well, this, bro. Well, well, you know nowadays, man, uh, the new age people feel like the history of you know what I'm saying most of us doesn't exist now because it's not relevant now. Like when they be saying, "I'm the first to ever do this," because it's that whole soldier boy thing that they started doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's crazy how you'll totally, totally negate your history. Right. And say that you're the first part of anything. Right. Right. And not knowing that somebody else did that same thing way before you, way before you It's just now because you can reach more people due to social media. Now you're the person that gets that, um, what do you call it? Title for what that is. Right. And he, he didn't mean it that way. He didn't mean it in the context of like, I'm the greatest. I'm and, the best. No, nah, that's right. right. Nobody yeah, fuck that, with me. That's not his vibe. But I think sometimes even if the message is perfect and I think in the history of hip hop, he has, if not the best messages, one of the best messages yeah. ever. I yeah, love what, he preaches. What, what, what he's doing. What, what he, what he stands for. I think is dope as fuck. But yeah. sometimes you no, know, we all have a different perception. So I could say something and be genuine. And it yeah. can be from a place of love. But if it our perception is different, you will process it differently. Right. Like I was raised that if I don't fuck with you or if I don't say something to you, that means I don't give a fuck. Right. Mm. But this generation, they think niggas give a fuck that just lets you say shit and don't and right. don't give you the right information. Just keeping right. your mouth shut means you give a fuck. Nah, because at the end of the day, this is how this shit works. Right. You get a nigga around you that's been agreeing with you and letting you do certain shit and not even risking losing. Sometimes you got to l- risk losing the friendship for it to stay real. Yeah, yeah. Because so, you, so, you don't want shit. your homie to up there, get out of pocket. If you can up there and give him the real and be honest with him, not trying to contradict what he's saying, but just trying to help him out and get to the truth. And the basis, a true homie will respect that. And that's why there are no perfect messengers, only perfect messages. Right. It's very important for niggas who are gaining 
ground and yeah. accomplishing things to really live by because sometimes, well, not well, a lot of times we run across a lot of bullshit ass niggas. Yeah, and it's right. very easy to assess everybody as being a bullshit ass nigga. Yeah, because everybody's not gonna get the time that's quantifiable enough to build a real relationship and get your attention in a way where you're going li- to take heed to what they say. And that's why you can't be a respect. It's got to be about the message. It's always got to be about what's being said and what the actions uh, what the actions are saying. But here are some other people that have done Uh-oh. what LaRusso's trying to do, and it's not quite like he did, but it's similar. It ain't the same, but it's similar. It's yeah. similar enough for, for somebody like that to be aware of it. Because one thing that you need in being successful is you need information. Yeah. So if you're doing something that's similar to somebody else, you might want to call this brother and be like, "How? what How worked about it? it? Right. What didn't work about it? Or put them on to your thing. Don't be that- called as a yes man because I'm one yeah. of them niggas. I've had several niggas call me after years like, hey, bro, man, I finally got that shit that you was talking about. Right, right. And, right. I, and I wasn't even trying to be deep. You know, some shit you way more advanced than me on and vice versa. Yeah, so yeah. you may spit something at me about that. And it may be two years later before it click. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? You right. didn't know until it really hit your life or affected you in some kind of way. But if you seek the yeah. right information, you can cut a lot of that time out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'll give you a few rappers. I want to Cam- see if I'll hear any, know any of these rappers. Chameleonaire. Oh, shit. Yeah. The rapper offered uh, fans the opportunity to invest in his music streaming website, mm. uh, Convos, which he co-founded. Investors uh, can earn a percentage of the site's profits. Mm, okay. RZA from Wu-Tang. Oh, the Wu-Tang shit. Clan founder has been accepting investments for his movie projects through crowdfunding platforms. You're losing already, buddy. Seed and Spark. Investors receive a share in the profits. Mm, right. Beyonce. Oh, come on. The superstar singer has offered fans VIP packages for her shows that include the option to invest in her Parkwood Entertainment company. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Oh, the rapper turned businessman co-founded Arrive, a venture capital firm that allows fans to invest in the in, uh, to invest in startup companies. He just badmouthed him too. Who did? Me? LA Russell. Did he? He badmouthed Jay-Z? Yeah, because he said that um Lil Russell. Yeah. Lil Russell. Yeah, niggas don't think he's from LA. Like, LA, Russell. LA, 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 Russell. LA, from, LA Russell, right. <laughs> Nah, he said that they came at him with an offer, and it was uh, trash. Oh, okay. He also, he, he was, it was a Rock Nation that he was. Rock Nation. He, he clarified, he was like, I don't know if Jay-Z even knows that this is what uh, this is the deal they, get, they offer me, but shout out to Jay-Z, but this is what. But we all know who Rock Nation is. Right. He got he to watch that, though. I'm going to tell you, I had a similar situation a couple years ago with the whole, uh, you know, Tony Baker, Precious, and all that whole situation. I was in the right for sticking up for who I thought was my friend, just like on the other side, mm-hmm. they were in the right for sticking up for their friends. Right. But them niggas have way more followers. Right, so, so you're going to lose. So I'm going to lose, even though I'm in the right, because sometimes I talk loud and crack jokes, mm-hmm. and, you know, I bag on churchy folks. That whole element is just going to assume, you know what I'm saying? And I, and, I, and I reap the benefits of bullshit that wasn't even mine. You right. certain shit you don't even know how to handle it till you look back. Like man, maybe maybe it was the right thing to do, but maybe it was the wrong thing to do. Because right. in all, you want to stick your neck out for motherfuckers that'll do it for you. Right, right. You know what I'm saying. Course, so at the end of the day, long story short, but but but, but what was you saying? No, oh. we, we we was talking about the Jay Z situation. Jay Z might not have known that they offered the Russell that deal. Ah. The, but uh, you believe Malcolm, that shit? I don't. I don't know. I don't Jay- believe I, that nobody can get signed or get offered. 
to sign to a label that that nigga don't know nothing about. But here's the thing. Maybe. They offered him zero money? They are, yeah, no, they offered 15000 for, like, something. Bullshit. Some bullshit, and he wasn't going to, yeah. Uh, yeah, he wasn't going to take it. That's crazy. But I'm I'm saying this. So a company like that, they are allowed to sign artists without having run it by him? Like, here's the, have bullshit artists on not. this thing? But here's the, here's the genius thing about one of the things LaRussell does, but it, I think if you're doing a transaction with him, this will probably come to mind, is a lot of his shit is done in his backyard. So I got to take your word for it on ticket sales. I got to take, because you could easily go in there and buy your own tickets. Yeah. So I got to take your word for it that you got 500 people in this backyard 50 times this year. Yeah, yeah. You but know I mean, what I'm he, he, right. well, I get it. You can't tell if he sold those tickets because, because it's not in the system. Right. Even and with this comedy shit, my, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. It's not, I mean, with ours, we can send them Excel spreadsheets and all that, but they still going to fuck us until we can prove whatever we did outside right. the system within the system. Right. Like, for example, like, when you when, like right now, when, once we get into the improv system, we're not starting off at the top of the totem pole. Right. We're not getting 90% door deals and 80% door deals. They're going to offer us some bullshit because that's leverage. This is These are our clubs. Right. This is our establishment. You got to pay us before we pay you. Right. And so they're going to make you sell out shows a whole year. Then the next year you may get a deal. Then you sell out, you know what I'm saying? But they're not going to let you step in unless you're just a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. you're coming with it. Right. But yeah, so anyway, go back at it. No, what I was saying, I, I, I had totally forgot. But uh, we were talking about, wait a minute. That fucked me up. You talking about, we was talking about Ray J song, wait a minute? No, talking about LA, LA Russell's uh, backyard. Uh, is it La Russell? LA Russell? His name is La Russell. It probably is really a real LA Russell. His name is La Russell. Uh, La Russell. Yeah. Like he, he does some good performances. Like I didn't, I didn't peep him out. He come with a lot of energy and everything like that. But like you said, you don't know if he's actually selling all those tickets to those people. He can just be popular in his neighborhood and everybody just come and, you know, yeah. come to the backyard and just be packed out. Yeah. And you can portray it as, oh, I sold. And you know let me tell you something, bro. I did a show in downtown L.A. about six months ago. Sold about 600 tickets. The down, the one that was downstairs? Downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bartender. Right. You yeah, know. he bartended that. I can't tell. I, I, I can send those numbers over to them folks, mm -hmm. but they don't give a fuck. They wouldn't believe it. They, I mean, they'll believe it. What but, would you have to do for them to, to care or to believe you? You know what? I would have to probably, I, I, I don't know. I guess I would have to do that at a few of their spots. What about what about the video, showing the video of it? Oh, yeah. that don't really matter because they need to see ticket yeah, sales. Yeah, exactly. Because when you okay. do deals with clubs, something, you send them your spreadsheets of what you've made in certain markets. And if, right. you, if you've been to that market several times um, and have outsold some of their talent, you could probably get it, you know, if you could prove it. Get, you know, yeah. I did a, I did a, you know, I've done a show in a city where it was a big name there, and I did as well as he did. So when I go back to that city, I, you know, what I mean, if Good I want to go, the clubs for me are better, you know, you know, because you just don't have to worry about shit. Yeah, it's already set in, in set in stone. But uh, what place. about that payment no, though? I mean, shit, it goes straight to you. You sell it through your website. For me, I've been doing shows at places where I control the door, the alcohol, and the food. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like um, for La Russell and whoever else, if you're doing a backyard show and you got people coming two or three times a, a, a weekend for a show, 
Can't you show the the number, the count, and then how much money you made? Can't you show like receipts and like you know what I'm saying? Right. Documents I, of how much money you made per show. For sure. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that's he have he he got it in his backyard, but he can prove that he got some ticket sales. You know, but the thing with clubs, I won't say theaters, but probably theaters too. But clubs is only fifty two weekends in a year. Right. So no matter how well you sold, I'm pretty sure that all of these agencies have an artist that has done something comparable to you. Unless you're doing astronomically more than the top nigga, right. if you fall in at the middle of the pack, they got somebody there for that, there for that already. Yeah. So how do you get them to give you more money? They might see the, they might see the potential. They might say, okay, this nigga, if, right, right. if he had a backing, if we backed him, nigga, he could be doing 1,500 the show. Right, right. The seats the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I think he's on his way to. Right. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I see a few things. He's talking publicly and giving a lot of game, so I think that's dope. I just, you know, I don't want to see him fuck himself out of money, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Blacklist himself. Uh, yeah, but he, you know, right. he definitely deserves all the shit, all the stuff he has uh, going on. Yeah, his energy was crazy at uh, some of the performances I've seen in his backyard. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, he was just on my feed constantly. So I was right. like, oh, he really out here grinding. That's what happened to me, too. He was on my feed, con- for, man, about six months ago every day. Yeah, yeah, and then I was like, yeah. Yeah. then all of a sudden I see the video, and it's like, not to say he was bad mouthing, but he wasn't giving off like he had a good experience right. with the record label trying to sign him. And he felt like if he'd have took the deal, he was putting it out there like, yeah, see, if you don't know, or they'll just take advantage of you and put you in a trick bag and right. and you ain't really paying attention, they'll just let it go. But then when I came back and said, no, nah, I did, right. he was like, then they wanted to give me more oh, money. Yeah. And it's like, they would have just let me settle for the bullshit. And it's like, well, most companies be like that. You ever hang with a motherfucker and realize, ah, oh, this motherfucker just want me, he just, this motherfucker just want me around to give him props. Oh, shit. Like, this motherfucker ain't interested in, like, what I'm going through, or this ain't, you know what I mean? This uh, motherfucker just, he looking for a big up. He looking oh, for wow. a, a big wow. up, a big up homie. I realize, about, I realize that about the homegirl's dog. Oh, shit. <laughs> if, <laughs> every time I go to the house, the dog is in my face, just running around, you know what I'm saying? But it's not genuine love. Oh, shit. Because within five minutes of being there, every time I go to her house, the dry, the dog drops a bone in my lap. It just wants me to throw the bone so she right. can bring it back to me. Right, all day. And I realized that, and, and I got to thinking, man, why do have you ever realized that somebody was trying to isolate you, like trying to put you in a position where you could be within their control? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Mary, and it, I, it ain't you, physical because bad bitches do it to niggas all the time. They right. call when they talk. They call it quality time when a bitch want always. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was about to say being married, nigga. That's really isolation when somebody's trying to control you. <laughs> you can't think of no examples because I, I feel like I would see through it. Okay, being married. I feel like I, I would see through it before it got to that point where I was like, oh, this nigga's trying to. No, you're not. You're married. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, nigga, we, and niggas be having different views on marriage. No, I know. Yeah. I ain't listen to me. Yeah, like, like like I said this before. When it when it's first starting off, nigga, everything's good with marriage. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It's when the the harder times come together, and then y'all both have a certain uh, like outlook on how the shit is. Yeah, that's that's when the shit get like unbearable. Like like meaning if something something big happens and you say we should do it like this, and she says no, we should do it like that. 
and neither one of y'all is coming to a compromise. Oh, uh, she's gonna compromise. Look, 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 you see how <laughs> see how see how confident he's sounding that what, voice? What what why? That nigga. Because I feel like uh my my judgment is sound and normally we on the same page. I We now, not I, saying I, it ain't. No, I know. I'm saying, but you, you, you're saying you're potentially saying that she might feel this one way, and I might feel this another way. And typically, that's not how we move. We usually I, got I'm the, saying we this. The same page. I'm saying this. There comes a time in everybody's relationship where a person is gonna stand ten toes, see men down on how they feel, and you may feel it's not that fucking serious. She's gonna feel right. like you better ride with me, or it's gonna be a motherfucking problem. They have those you, moments, bro. What are you doing? That scenario, bro. <laughs> they had those moments, bro. I don't know, man, because right. I, 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 don't, I feel like I feel like uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> but no, what it is is this, John. How long you been married? Shit, a year and a half. Right, ten years, my nigga. That attitude is different. Kids come into play. A whole bunch of shit is different. When somebody gets to the point where, honestly, yeah, everybody agrees. Like, my first four or five years, oh, shit. Then you can tell me nothing about this woman. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But then circumstances start happening. Conversations be had. You got a view on something that she feels, why the fuck you think like that? Right. And it turns into... Now you're a, a asshole in everyday life just because you disagreed on this one fucking thing. Right. It depends on what it is, too, I think. They don't give a fuck. If you have that view that you don't agree, and she's like, why are you like that? Yeah. It's going to cause a problem with other shit in your life. I remember. Because she feel that you feel a way and you have a certain mind state about that particular subject. I remember, Trust me. I was dating this chick, and we was all sitting down talking. It was me, her, a few other people, a couple of her family members. And I said, and I still mean this to this day, because one of the women at the table with us had a son, and uh, I said that, yeah, I think all kids should know how to use guns. Oh, you should shit. take them to the range, teach them how to shoot. See? Because even as children, you have to stay dangerous and be able to defend yourself. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, but what what happened? Somebody break in and they didn't got me already because I'm asleep and now you and it's my son and you. I don't want my son hiding behind you, bitch. I want my son looking for the pistol so he can get off on this nigga. Now you see how he just said that. Now Caused what if? Riff. He, now what if you got a woman? Don't believe in no violence. I had one. And no gun. I had one. Do you know? I wouldn't marry her. Do you know? But look. Now, real quick, you asked me a question, so I answered. Nah, I get you. I get but you, you. know, this, the, the last thing you said earlier, it was, about, it was about 30, 40 seconds of information. I sat back and listened to it. I, and I said, nah, I nodded my head. I said, okay, cool. I can't refute that because I ain't been married for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I can't, but nah, nigga, that ain't going to happen. I don't know. Because so I just I, I, was, I, I shut up and been quiet, but you asked me a question. I was like, I don't know if I would. But when I married the chick, I, I kind of like, I asked all the questions I thought I would right. need to know if this woman was good for me, right, or if I was good for her. But that was you based. Hmm? You, it everything that you asked her was you based, or should should I say me based? Like it was based on you. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? What you particularly liked and disliked or what she liked and disliked. But it wasn't every single subject. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like certain subjects, you may feel a certain way about, let's just say, uh, uh, rapists. Mm-hmm. You feel that they should be maybe castrated, decapitated, whatever. Right, right, right. right, right, right. You right. get what I'm saying? And right. you'll say that. Right. She'd be like, why are you being so... Uh, inhumane. I mean, shit. I, I'm. You get what I'm saying? And it I come just back. Say, I'm. I'm trying to think of what could she disagree with me on? Because of the way I, you said you would get rid of this person. I've had. That, no, no, I'm not talking about that because she would agree with that. She'd be like, "Fuck them niggas." But sometimes but, it goes a different way in certain subjects. Right. It don't always and go I'm down. Trying to think the same. of what could we possibly disagree on? You like for me, it was it was a gay. I'll tell thing. you. I'm look. I'll, <laughs> it was a gay thing for me. Right. <laughs> like I, I personally, I don't have a problem with gay people. My favorite uncle was gay. But the thing is, when it comes up on screen or something like that, I tend to, all right. I turn the channel. Yeah. Let me know when it's done. Like, I'll tell my wife that. Right. I'll be like, let me know when it's done. And she had a problem with that? She goes, what's up with you? Like, because it'll be like. But she didn't notice 10 years ago or 13 years ago when I was dating? No. And, and, and I think what it is is you don't harp on that so much when you first dating. That ain't something you harp on. My wife know all about all that. But no, but I'm saying you don't right, harp right. on it because you don't. You're dating. That ain't something you don't want to start off with. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't. No, I'm saying, but I'm dating. saying y'all was dating me. I'm sure how long? How long was y'all dating before y'all got married? Three years. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. Like you know, but I never talk. I never said anything. Bad about to me, gay it don't people. matter how long you've been dating. Yeah. To me, it don't matter how long you've been. I mean, you may get to know somebody different. You know. Uh, better, but the intimacy level when you live with somebody is a whole nother level, you know. Right, and which is why right. a lot of people broke up during quarantine, right? Because they would have right. they had to spend more they time with to, each other, yeah, right. But the thing is, the isolation part, like I think sometimes when you deal with a woman or a spouse that's insecure, they try to isolate you, um, so that so you can accept their insecurities. I, and I think that's the wrong thing to do. I think when you're with somebody and they notice your insecurities. The better thing to do is not to allow that person to isolate you or bring you away from everything, but the better thing to do is is to try to find ways to help them strengthen whatever they're insecure about. If you fuck with somebody that won't let you help them or at least uh, contribute to, you know, making them stronger, you shouldn't fuck with them. Right. right. I agree. Well, that, that isolation thing is a trip because, honestly, when you are in a marriage, sometimes you be in that relationship so, like, cold, it, let's just say it don't work out. When it don't work out, it seems like you don't even know how to function. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? You should still be able to know how to function right. just because you're not with a person. Right. You know what I'm saying? But because of how marriage is and what they told us how marriage should be, you know, damn near not hanging with your own boys or homegirls, uh, most of your time should be I ain't spent never heard that, that shit. It, no, no, it, no, no, that's not, that's not true. I've heard that shit my whole life, yeah. but not from my people. Like, right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, some of them some have different ways. But they always say the thing that mainly don't you be hanging out past a certain time because your your other spouse might trip. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. There's certain guidelines that you have when it comes to marriage that you didn't have when you were dating. Of course, of course. Right, yeah, right. yeah. You know hell what I'm yeah. saying? And then it's a trip because it's like, why did this shit have to change? This is the reason why we got fucking married in the first place. Right. Because right. what we were doing beforehand. Right, right. But now you got this set of rules of marriage. I have this set of rules of marriage. We talk about it, meet in the middle on those rules. Easy answer. But it's It's weird. do what I say, nigga. Yeah, it's most, weird. Most relationships are working 
because the nigga is doing what the woman feels like he should be doing. Yep, yep. And for me, I can't be in a relationship right. like that. It ain't about happy wife, uh, happy life, nigga. Right. To me, the man is the head of the household. True I, that, I am a Old Testament cretin in that way. Yeah. Because why? I mean, when it comes to the most important shit, food, protection, uh, you know, dependability, Sex. security. If I'm providing that, what's more important than me? What's more, what's stronger than my word? Nothing. Nothing but, you feel if I'm if if I am if I am doing everything I'm supposed to do as a man, mm-hmm. most niggas are okay with their woman allowing them to fuck them, but not allowing them to fuck with them. Meaning, how you take dick but not my word? Right. right. Shouldn't it be the other way around before a bitch start right. taking dick? Shouldn't right. she take my word first and right. then? You gotta accept respect. dick into her life, but these bitches are accepting dick of men they don't respect and thinking that that makes the man less than respectable. No, it makes you less than respectable because you don't have a system in place to check yourself. Right. You think that everything in life is supposed to be based on the way you feel as a woman, and that's bullshit. And that's why you're 41, 42, 43, and you're out here single. Like shit. I am. Shit, it's some, <laughs> some 20-year-olds that's single because of that same goddamn thing. Yeah. Don't know how to don't know how to play their role. Compliment. Like I'm not I'm not saying that your role is less than a man or, or anything. But the thing about it is women require so much from a man in order for him to be the man. Right. But then you don't respect what a man is saying or doing. Right. How the fuck is he supposed to respect you and what you come with? You ever get into it with a chick and she criticize your family? You got to watch some type of bitches. Yeah. But look at your mama. Yeah. Look at your yeah. sister. Yeah. Ain't that's nobody true. in your family shit. That's a woman that wants to right. isolate you. That's crazy. And make you a slave to her insecurities. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was just coming. That's crazy. But that also could come from a motherfucker complaining about his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To true. the point where she Sometimes feel get- comfortable enough. To talk shit, cause the way you, you talk shit, it. yeah, 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 nah, you, you pissed off my mom's like that. Oh, I, I since he all up in my pussy, I can talk about his people too. Hey, I'm gonna tell you one way to, because look, everybody, everybody has a, a way that they do things, but here's a way to figure out if somebody uh, is is a woman is trustworthy. I'm just saying, man to woman, give her a little bit of personal information, nothing too personal, mm-hmm. but give her something personable, personal enough Holy to shit. where. If it seems important. Right. And see how long it takes her to try to use that against you. Mm. If oh, you yeah. ever tell somebody something that is genuinely close to your heart, that is something maybe that's trauma related or that affected you as a child or a teenager, and this is genuinely something, you know, that, you know, concerns you or has affected yeah. your life, and a person takes that and use that uses that against you, that's the type of motherfucker that's gonna try to isolate you. And make you become a, a servant to their insecurity. Right. Yeah. Damn, I hate to say that shit was close to home. Damn. Hey, they create conflict between you and your friends and your loved ones. Often spread lies and rumors. Well, I nah, she ain't never did that, so she's safe on me. I remember I had a chick one time tell another chick that I tried to fuck her and I didn't. Oh, she lied. Damn. She, she lied. lied. She lied on, on your dick. Because she was in competition with the other girl. And she was trying to get her up on the other girl because she has a feeling that the girl likes me. So all she's trying to, dis- to to do is destroy 
that possible connection with me and other chick. So in other words, she threw salt like some niggas do when they try to confide in Oh, her. it wasn't even the chick you was fucking. It wasn't even right. the chick no, I was chick fucking. That, she was lied fine. and made it seem like I was trying to smash her. So but, the other girl would get turned off. Right. right. But I'm already smashing the other girl, and I was trying to do business with her to rent the studio. Uh, oh, yeah. She on. She on. She deserved every that's part crazy. of that. God! <laughs> yeah, that's God, crazy. God, God, God. <laughs> that shit is crazy. What, ab- what about people encouraging the person to spend more time with them, thereby reducing their available time for other relationships? So yeah, that's that isolation shit where somebody they want all your time. I'm yep. talking about if it's if it's if it's if it's ten hours, y'all kick. You got extra a week. They want nine and a half hours of that ten. You got like yeah, twenty twenty three hour lockdown, nigga. You got an hour <laughs> of free time, nigga. That's crazy. I, I've always thought that that was weird, and I never did understand that about marriages. It's like I understand that you want all my time, but, but you when can't is, have it. But when is the time for me to make the money in order for us to progress? Right. Like yeah. you want me to be around you all the time, but we're not making no money over here being around each other. Then we're going to argue when we ain't got a place to live. Right. Right. So it's like either let me go majority of the time. So when we do come together, we can have the best of time. Best we ain't time. worried about no money, ask, no money problems. Right. We go where we want, do what we want, pay for what we want. And it's a memory we could always hold, but then I got to get right back to this motherfucking right lab. Right back to the lab. <laughs> you it, know what I mean? It never stops. Nah. That shit is weird, though. It's like, don't do shit to me as far as before when before you got married. Shit was fine because that's why y'all got married. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like keep the same shit going. It just now y'all made a commitment to the world, or should I say in front of the world, right. that y'all just want to be with each other. But that does not mean change the dynamic that was working before y'all got married. Right. So, you know, to me, that's why I'd be thinking that 90% of marriages really fail. Because motherfuckers come with their own interpretation of what a husband should be and what a wife should be. Right. Instead of just being what y'all are for each other and call it a day. See, some people are full of shit early. And some people are just as full of shit early, but they are able to conceal their true intentions until they have a deeper connection with you. But it's not really a connection. It's really them looking to be admired or they're looking for admiration. So they're just doing the necessary things to gain that from you. Right. But some of you know, some motherfuckers tell you they want, I just want to fuck, bitch. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's all I want is to put and and they and they man or woman enough to live in that and just go on to the next and they right, find somebody right. and other people are they use guile because of some type of trauma that happened in childhood they always got to sneak and eat they food eat they food in the corner you feel what I'm saying right. so they'll sneak you to the corner thinking and it's dark and it's cozy and it's warm and you think oh, this is a place this is a this is a place, place of, of safety comfort, of comfort and safety right. but no that's not what it is that's a place they could put you in and leave you there right mm. right some people just want to leave you in a corner yeah a dark corner that's why you gotta have a flashlight he said that's why you got a flashlight yeah man hey, yeah cause some people you know intimacy and connection is a great thing for, for, you know, men and women to have with each other. Yeah. Some people don't want that. They're just looking for adoration yeah, you can't and control, power over you. You can't control love. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people be feeling like they love a person. They feel like 
they should love them the way that they want to be loved. Like some people don't do it like that. Your love is different. Do you know that the largest recorded orgy ever involved 250 participants and took place in Japan in 2007? Nah. Wow. <laughs> Somebody the in the, 200 what? 250 people had sex at one time in Japan in 2007. Largest orgy ever recorded. That's uh, that's not is that that's even more than group sex. That's <laughs> yeah, mass real. sex. Nigga. <laughs> real. Mass and a, sex. And I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now, just thinking about that, the nastiest part of that is some nigga probably nutted on another nigga by no, accident. No, Alfie's no. Yeah, but what? what, what, what <laughs> how many times you got to change the condom? Right, right, right. right. Are you going? What? What? I, I don't. Nigga, I'm, I don't think I'm condom uh, sat. <laughs> Yeah, like 13 condoms on at once. Nigga on and the side. Slide one off every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you would change. You got to change before you get in. You got to put 13 condoms on, nigga, and yeah, slide one off crazy. every two minutes, bro. If you fuck four different bitches at the same time, are you supposed to use a different condom on each chick? For, for her pH balance. Because yeah. you're just taking, taking it out of one bitch. For you, it, it don't another matter. One, for them, it kind of do. Huh? For you, it don't matter, but for them, it kind of do. Yeah, right. pH balances it's, and shit. It's no reason to even do an orgy unless it's raw with the with the women, right? <laughs> yeah, cause uh, oh shit, yeah, condom. condom do you put change. condom orgies, nigga? Condom. When change. you hit your, when you hit multiple chicks, do you use a condom or do y'all? You definitely use a condom. I use a condom, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing about it is too, though, I found these things. What you mean, bro? I found these things called VCFs. What is a VCF? Uh, vaginal contraceptive film. Mm. You pop them motherfuckers in the girl's shit. Fifteen minutes later, you can do what the fuck you want to do for three hours. Beak up, beak up, beak up. I've like, never heard of it. It's this is like a, a pussy cough drop. Yeah, basically a pussy drop. A pussy it, drop. It's like a you, pop. Know, you know, a pop, a, a, pop, a, a pussy drop. drop. <laughs> you know, you know them little uh, Listerine uh, yeah. strips oh, shit, that dissolve. It's kind of like that. Yeah, but you put it in there. You let it dissolve for fifteen minutes, and the pussy start fizzing. He said, stop. Yeah, oh, shit. Start. Nah, I don't know about that. Nah, nah, I don't the, know about no fizz. That fizz. The, the top God. of a Sprite somebody poured roughly. <laughs> he said top that of a Sprite. That white fizz the, on the, the top the, of the, the pussy. The science fair shit with the volcano, <laughs> the baking soda, and the vinegar, nigga. <laughs> 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 Who the fuck shook this Sprite up? It's all this white fuzz at the top hey, of it. Hey, if her white that fuzz is cracking before you even fuck, nigga, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, them shit's work, bro. That's dope. I've been using them motherfuckers for the last seven years. What are they called again? B. V is in vest. Uh-huh. C is in VCFs. That's what you said. Yeah, V is in V is in vest. C is in cold. F is in fun. Well, so what is y'all? What is y'all protocol on eating pussy? If you got your wife laying here and abroad, do you eat your wife pussy first and her second, or do you ever do anything with the other bits after your wife, or you do everything to your wife first and then the bits? All together. All together. All together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. get it cracking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you, you definitely use condoms. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because uh, it's not an orgy, it's just a threesome. It's just a threesome. And now, then, you I, know, I get what you're saying about the, the multiple, multiple boxes. Yeah. You got yeah. seven, eight boxes. I'm saying, you, no, you start you, off. So you're hitting your wife with a condom on an orgy? No, 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 not the wife. So that's what I'm saying. So wife. you hit the wife and then you take it off? Yeah. No, you, you hit the girl first. Mm-hmm. Like the wife is chilling. Oh, so you finish off in the wife every time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a, it's yeah. a uh, progression. Yeah, man. I, I, why not just get a bra tested and then just fuck both of them raw? Because you nah, married, but I nigga. Can, I can I can do the VCF. Because you married? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. But I, I can do the VCF in the bra. Because <laughs> <laughs> you married? Uh-huh. I can do the VCF in the bra. Is your wife eating pussy? 
Yeah. yeah. So what the fuck is the point of condoms? Because, because simple fact, pregnancy. So yeah. I mean, I get that, but it's beyond but no, the, the pill. V, no, but VCF helped that too. Like when you explain it to chicks yeah, and let her know and be like, me and the wife been using it for like at least seven years. Ain't never had a scare. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Ain't never had a scare. When that bad boy... Yeah, pussy Go. burp after you put. Oh, excuse me. Stupid. Yeah, pussy burp. We good. But no, that shit. Yeah, that's that shit scientific. works. That shit works. Our um, yeah, it's our over the neighbors. Uh, you can get it from you can get it from CVS or anybody. But it's like in that part where they gotta come and get it. So when you, so when you yeah. put, when you bag the fucking when you, when you bag a random chick, you call your wife Salmon and she said, "Cool, go ahead." You just stick a VCF in her. So you no. carry those with you everywhere. I get those. Yeah, me and the wife get those. Just where do you buy them? CVS. Okay. CVS or uh, Rite Aid or uh, wherever, like, you know what I mean? Dwayne Reed, if you're in L.A. Shit, I York. I Dwayne Reed. Oh, yeah, that is the <laughs> Dwayne Reed in York. Hey, you just put me up on something. God, God, God. God, 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 God. Next God. segment. Right. Siege monstrosities. You hate criticism. You let a man cartwheeled and punch you and said you wasn't living with him. They show out around you, won't do a thing about it Thugging and harmonizing, watch them sing about it You have a white mind, you think blacks are lazy And mixing Kool-Aid with they white wine And that's the thing about it, can't even talk to you Ghost of a real nigga, watch me walk through you You fight your girl, man, cuss out the mail, man Go to jail and become a trail van And that's the thing about it God dropped you a breath, man out the sky Said take this, and I think about you it You a bitch ninja you a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. You a bitch ninja. You a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. You a bitch ninja. You a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. You a bitch ninja. You a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. I'm telling you, he's trained. And I know what you'll say. You run way back over there and say, shit's happening today. The money, the ops, the drop. But I ain't no dope dealer and I ain't running from no cops And why should I? I'm so hard to find A spy had to hire a private eye Cause I'm a private guy Nobody knows where I live Not even my kids They have stains on their hearts It's blood on the bib Your mother went against my wishes Aside from high She was good for the dishes And to buy some fries Call me when you can dunk Cause I'm a punk Though I'm not a good father I'ma need my chunk You a bitch ninja you a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. You a bitch ninja. You a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. You a bitch ninja. You a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick ninja. You a bitch ninja. You a bitch ninja. You know what you do. Probably fuck around and try to kick God, God, God. Hey, man, we're back with two special guests on Roast with the Host Morning Show. Hey, first of all, I have an esteemed guest, man. One is my relative. You know, I remember when he was skinny, and he ate himself into a dad bod. <laughs> and now he's just a knowledgeable meatball. Always looks like he's ready to jump in a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> my guy, Maine Schufer. What's going on, Maine? San and man. So I got a I got a new segment. It's called the uh, Chewford segment. What's your segment about? Man, it's just let's chew, man. I'm trying to chew with y'all, man. So I'm trying to make help y'all make some money. So we're gonna teach y'all sports betting. And to my left is someone who's extremely talented. Um, you know, from the not the south side of Chicago, but from Evanston. No, 
north side. The north side of Chicago, a very smart and uh, astute place to be from. <laughs> give it up for Ebonique Wool. Why am I saying give it up? We have no audience. <laughs> but there's thousands of people watching. So we'll start with Ebonique. Ebonique, so you uh, do a plethora of things, right? Indeed. Mus- musician, actress, dancer. <laughs> you, you added the name. <laughs> I, I got a pop lock video of you right now. No, I want to pull no. it up for the world to see. But I mean, what 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 brought you here? Like, what was the thing that brought you here and 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 put you in a position to explore other things as an artist? Uh, entertainment brought me to LA. I came out here to pursue music and acting and all of these things. And the second year I got out here, I got a pretty big agent for commercial, and I was able to be freelance. So I've been freelance out here in LA for eight years doing all of those things except pop blocking. <laughs> except pop blocking? <laughs> I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> Upper body choreography. That's yeah, what pop blocking is. TikTok dancer. That's, that's <laughs> Advanced TikTok dancer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. What motivates you to do things? Um, I would just say my passion for not going back to an office job. Right. I I enjoy not being in an office and not having a schedule and being free. Right. And so it motivates me to get creative and stay active and doing things and getting out there and meeting new people, even if it makes me uncomfortable. What's wrong with an office job? I don't like I don't like being in an office from nine to five. You got to sit. You got to look at whatever's on your desk every day. And you got to be around the people that you may or may not get along with I'm I get along with most people but something about being in an office there's like it feels like a high school sometimes right right. there's just additional tensions that aren't normally like if if you don't work in an office it's like a phenomenon the office culture how do you take unsolicited criticism like Ah. somebody walking up to you like girl I mean you're cute but the Fuck that hat! Oh my gosh, I I wouldn't wear it, but it's okay though. Like, how do you take uns? Because what happens is, as an artist, especially being you know beautiful, a lot of times people want to give you unsolicited advice, or you know what I mean. So how do you avoid? How do you suck a duck? You know what suck a duck means? Mm-mm. Suck a duck means like dodging the haters. How do you duck a sucker? I feel like those are two like that. Those are two things for me. So like um, unsolicited criticism on Instagram is different than sometimes in person, like somebody coming up to you and saying something. Right. I'm better at Instagram unsolicited because I'm pretty open. Like sometimes I'll even like think about it from their perspective. I'll be like, okay, how could I see? I could see maybe why you think this. And then I'll give them a thoughtful answer back. And if they're weird, like if their answer back from that is ridiculous, then I'm just like, okay, for sure, live a good life. Right. Um, but like sometimes I will really try to see where people are coming from and then give them my thoughtful answer back. And every once in a while they have a thoughtful response and I don't mind doing that. Right. But if they're out left field and I just let it, let it be left field and be like, okay, have a great life. Okay. Yeah, okay. If your son was a gay prostitute, no. would you let him borrow your clothes? <laughs> Uh, I would, but I, <laughs> prostitution is a dangerous <laughs> profession and I would, I would highly recommend okay. against it. Everybody can do what they want to do, but, um, but what about your son? He's not everybody. I know that's, I was, that was the next thing I was going to say, but I would rather they not do such a high risk job. So I would be against that, but they could borrow my clothes anytime, but I'd be right. like, maybe don't, don't do that as a job. Okay. That's a, 
I had to throw you off a little bit. That was. That was big, big left field, but that's okay. We're here. How do you understand empathy? What does empathy mean to you? Empathy to me means just, I mean, putting yourself, like the most basic definition, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and trying to, you know, emotionally understand and um, relate to them. Sometimes it's possible. I do a pretty good job of being empathetic, and then every once in a while I, I'm not because I can be sometimes not super understanding. Like if I feel like somebody's maybe being too emotional or overdoing certain situations, sometimes I will be dismissive. But overall, I do try. I always try to be em- empathetic. How do you know when you're smarter than somebody? That's a tough one because sometimes you, I've made the mistake in thinking that I was smarter than somebody based off of maybe like some foolishness, like not them not knowing words or something like that. And then, you know, it turns around and it's just, it's just book learning. And then they're smarter than me in a lot of other ways. So I've had to check myself in thinking that I'm smarter than somebody because sometimes it bites you in the butt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good answers, aren't you, man? She has uh she has uh PR training, I can ah. tell. <laughs> I did she, go to school for yeah. PR. <laughs> but those are my genuine answers. These are these are Obama esque answers, nigga. She is a White House uh pundit. Condoleezza. On her spare time. Not Condoleezza. <laughs> She's all right and all, but. Condoleezza brown rice. Not right. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious, that man. Um, what's the difference between somebody who's weird and someone who's highly intelligent? I'd say that those two more often correspond than not. Um, in Chicago, weird is different than I feel like in L.A. I learned that weird is like an insult out here. And I used weird more freely back in Chicago because, right. like, being weird can be good uh, where I'm from. Like, oh, yeah, you're a weirdo. But, like, people like weirdos sometimes. But if you say weirdo out here, people be like, fuck you, me. Right. Yeah. No, uh, no, I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I'm 40. So a younger woman, we were debating, and she said I was weird. And I was like, I was almost called her a bitch. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? <laughs> but that's just an expression now. You weird. Yeah. Like, but it's it's like it's playful. Like, Different, but our generation, we don't play weird. Right, right. Why right. do you guys call it? How old are you? I'm 35. Oh, she's. So how do how do you look so young? Uh, skincare, sunscreen. Uh, not that 35 is old. I don't want to be disrespectful, <laughs> but there's no way I thought we would have similar memories. So you know who? Uh, who's somebody who who's somebody that a, a young person would know? Monica and Brandy. You know Monica and Brandy. Of course. Me and my best friend did that song, The Boy Is Mine, in a talent show. You know who Little Zane is? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. You know who M.O.P. is? No. Not M.O.P. You know who Daz is? No. Crucial Conflict. Yes. Okay. Midwest. Hey, okay. in the middle of the bomb. Hey. Um, yeah, she knows. Yeah, she from over there. So. <laughs> okay. She knows. <laughs> Okay. Do you think that there's a ta- an attack on black masculinity? You're mixed with black, right? Yeah, my you, dad is white and my mom is black. So do you think that there is a serious attack on black masculine men or do you think that's some bullshit that niggas need to get over? Um, I do feel that there is attacks and sensitivity across the board. I do because, you know, Right now is a very sensitive time for everybody, I feel like. Right. Like everything that's being said can be taken a, a lot of different ways. I do feel that 
that whole stereotype that they say, like, if you want to be a famous black actor, you have to cross-dress at some point. Put on a dress, right? Put on a dress. And I feel like, strangely, that's true. But I also feel like white men don't have a problem with that. And it's always been very comfortable to be, like, fluid, like, uh, gender fluid. Right. Um, And that there is hyper... um, awareness in the black culture with men and it's very not okay to say that you're gay and a lot of it's more recently been people are getting better at being understanding but um black men i think have been forced to be hyper masculine because of slavery and being what's the word like you know you're emasculated through slavery right so i think we've hyper overextended the opposite way since then and maybe and also i feel like in african culture there's a lot of like hyper masculinity too so i don't know i think there's there's it's like going drastically in both different directions at the same time there's a lot so that the answer is yes and no right right (laughs) why is a woman's place uh behind a man so you're stating that it is just by default however you (laughs) however you process it it's up to you why is a woman's place behind a man? Yes. Um, so that he could take the first punch and that we <laughs> could just be there to help and <laughs> clean up afterwards. So you don't believe in gender roles? Um, I do. Um, in my relationship, we do have gender roles. Um, though I do feel like, you know, obviously times are constantly changing and gender roles today are not the same that they used to be right. in our grandparents' time even. Um, also because of like just statistics and how many single parent homes like women are have to be the bread earners in a lot of their families. So I think that it's women have had to step up in different ways and s- therefore generals have had to change just due to like society and women have to provide for themselves in a lot of scenarios. Right. So there are generals and I would like to live the soft life. I'm, that's my uh, statement. That's dope. That's dope. Um, uh, what should women have to do to prove their womanhood? Because you got women and then you have little girls. Just like you have men and you have bitch-ass niggas. <laughs> so what should be in place for women to have, or girls, to have to prove that they're deserving of the title of being a grown-ass woman? Hmm. I mean, that's a loaded question. Because sometimes I feel like if a woman is providing and doing for herself... Sometimes there's men out there that are saying that and it's like they're asking for like a lot. And I and I'm like if you if you want to provide for the woman that you're with, she should and she's holding, you know, she's providing a home life and all these things like what else what else do you what are you asking of her? Like sometimes it's doing a lot. Right. Um but I think that if you're in a relationship and you feel that the woman is making your life better and making your life easier and doing all the things to provide a home in a, um, a setting that you can feel happy to come back to, then that's, that's what you want. That's it. When is being selfish okay for you? Hmm. I feel like, you know, if you are trying to be like godly, then you should never be selfish. But if you're trying to kind of advance your own life and career, and you're not, you know, wanting to live in a monastery and just devote your life to God and others. Um, I think that it is okay to be selfish just to make sure that you achieve the goals that you have for yourself. You know, always balance it out. Like, don't just be 
steamroll over others for your own personal gain. But I do feel like, you know, there should be a balance where you feel like you're doing for others. But, you know, you know, if you feel like you're being overstretched in any direction to the point where you can't do for yourself, then that's when you should stop and be selfish and take time for yourself. How do you feel about small penises? Um, I know they exist. <laughs> I didn't mean an asshole now, but, <laughs> but I haven't had any of those issues in my personal life, and uh, and I'm a uh, keep it that way. <laughs> Have you ever been dealing with somebody and you realize they were an idiot? When and what happened? Um, yeah. I feel like especially like out in the world, like in L.A., sometimes you'll be you meet new people and you give people the benefit of the doubt and you're having a conversation. And then they say something like, you know, usually it's like. I don't Schnott know. has a lot of protein in it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. No, if somebody said that, I'd be like, oh, OK, OK. And then Just that's when you kind of ease your way out yeah. the conversation. Like, OK, for sure. Have a good day. It's great to meet you. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean, that happens all the time in conversation. You just kind of got to see your way out of that A and B conversation. What do you think is your biggest flaw? Oh, I got lots of flaws. Ain't nobody perfect. Hey. I would say, but you're perfect for me. Oh, there um, we go. You hear the vocal? <laughs> perfectly imperfect. I got lots of flaws. I would just say my biggest one is focus. I... I do have a tendency to like start one thing and then do another thing like, you know, as, as the interest will draw me, I will try to do one thing and then kind of get diverted. But I think it's because of my creativity and my excitement for different things as they come up. But I do need to that isn't a thing that I'm working on is staying focused with like the first project that I started off on instead right. of ending up on like step 15 on something else. What's worse, mental abuse or verbal? In a relationship? Um, I mean, verbal abuse is mental abuse. I feel I like... Asked, I asked the question wrong. <laughs> Did you mean physical? What's the word? <laughs> physical abuse? Or, I was like, or verbal abuse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my fault, man. <laughs> okay. um, they're both bad. I mean, physical abuse can kill you faster. But uh, mental abuse can also eventually lead to the same results. but uh, So they're both, I, I don't know if there's one extremely worse than the other, but I'd, I'd say physical abuse can lead to a, an ultimately uh, untimely end sooner than the other one. What makes you feel vulnerable? Mm, lots of things. Opening up to others about personal information. I'm usually pretty private. Like, I, you know, even on my Instagram, like, which is like a public platform where I'm, constantly posting things i don't post about things that are super personal or like my private life or like my family isn't really on my instagram and my relationships aren't there so you know sharing things with other people that i usually keep private i guess is one thing that would make me feel vulnerable wow how do you handle conflict with others i I've gotten better, but I'm not great at handling conflict with others. Like, I'm I'm honest with other people, but, like, I'm usually the type of person that if something's bothering me, I won't say anything until it gets, like, bad. Really? Yeah, then, I, then I'm, like, then you got to say something because now it's crazy. Or I just, or you just cut somebody off because you're, like, it's easier to just cut you off than explain all the stuff that's yeah. bothering me <laughs> at this <laughs> point. So, goodbye. When's the last time you was full of shit? 
when I ate a really big meal a couple days ago. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. Wow. Okay. Damn, you answered a whole lot of fucking questions. What is that? That's about 40, 50 questions, huh? Yeah. At least. Damn, okay. I feel known. So musically, what can people expect from you? Where can they find your work? How can they reach out to you? Um, What's a way that somebody who is serious, that has something to offer, can build with you uh, as an artist? I am on all streaming platforms and on YouTube. Um, So, like, you know, everywhere that you stream music, you can find me under Ebonique is my artist name. And, you know, I have my contact information on my Instagram, and I, I respond to all emails there. If somebody's actually interested in working with me, producers, singers, writers, um, you know, anything like that, I'm down. I'm trying to work on a new project this year. Um, I have, like, singles out and all of that stuff, so I have music out now, but I want to kind of create, like, a, a body of work that reflects my current state of mind. Hey, so there that's we go. Goal. I know how I know how you feel. That's very important to uh, to do shit like that. What's more important to you? Intimacy or adoration? For sure, intimacy. Adoration gets weird, um, especially if it's like a close. I don't really want to be adored because adored kind of implies love without understanding or context right and i don't want that <coughs> okay so you don't want people to tell you how great you are i don't like it when people do that too much because then it gives you a false sense of yourself because nobody's just great all the time <laughs> so would you say the direction is more important than affection the direction of their love like direction yeah just having a direction as opposed to yeah is there any traumas from your childhood that you constantly fight for, fight against? Like, damn, this when I was nine, <laughs> that fucking clown. Ooh, dang, clown phobias. <laughs> no, I don't have no clown phobias. I'd say I'm a Virgo. I don't know. I don't know if everybody has strong. What month is about Virgo? September. It's like end of August into September. So, what should we know about Virgos? Well. Virgos can't let go of things. So there's so many like. Oh, you hold on to shit. Yeah. Like I, I hold on to a lot of yeah. interactions where I feel either like I didn't get to say what I wanted to say because yeah. of the whole thing that I told you. Where I don't speak my mind sometimes until it's too late. Um, so like I hold on to all these instances where I'm like, oh, I wish I had said or whatever. And then also, you know, growing up a mixed kid in, you know, north side of Chicago, the suburbs, there's a lot of like, you know, colorism issues. So I feel like I had a lot of Chicago is racist as fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting. Like <laughs> I grew up, Evanston is actually very diverse. So I feel like, but it's still a nigga part of town, still a white part of town. Yeah, still there a is Polish that. part of town. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very, very segregated. It is, but I'm all those things. Like I'm Polish, I'm Jewish, I'm black, I'm you know a variety of things. So I also felt like at odds and that conflict with like what I was and then what people would tell me I was. So, and t- still to this day, cause when you get outside of Chicago, there was even more racism that I wasn't aware of. Like when I went to college, um, at the university of Illinois out in, you know, Bufu Ville in the middle of nowhere, people hadn't met black people before and, you know, even more racism. So like being mixed, some black people be like, you're white right. cause you're biracial. And then, White people, clearly, I'm not white. So, right, so right. then they'll be like, oh, no, you're black. So I don't know. That's always been 
being mixed and having a white parent and a black parent um, from young age, having conflict with that and people saying things that were hurtful has always been a thing. That's where I got get it from God from. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I have to deal with something, especially being a woman um, and your father's white. Mm-hmm. So do you ever feel like, you know, by dating a black man that maybe um, somehow subconsciously you may be going against your father? Or do you ever feel like when you date a white man that you may subconsciously be going against the black side? Like, is there a conflict there with who you date and how you view it? I've never felt conflict with who I date based on my family because my family's not the type of people that will be like, that'll even say anything. The guy that I'm dating now who is black, I think my family likes him the most out of anybody I've ever dated. And I've dated white guys, Puerto Rican. Actually, I mean, it's really just a couple of people. I haven't dated a whole bunch of people, but like they love the person that I'm with now the most. And it's more so, my family's super chill. They they like somebody that's down to earth and kind and, um, you know, can talk and ha- hold a conversation. So they just more so care about who you are as opposed to what you look like. That's, and that's how you feel. Oh, that for sure. That's how I feel. Yeah. I know. You know, I'm mixed too, but not like directly. I'm, I got a whole bunch of shit in me. Right. But my great grandfather, grandpa, nigga. Yeah. All day long. 100%. That's right. But my great grandparents moved to Pasadena in the thirties mm-hmm. because Pasadena was the first, one of the places, first places that openly accepted interracial dating. So my grandfather, you know, is this purple black man from Buxton, Canada, which is a a place where like escaped slaves went to that offered sharecropping opportunities. And my grandmother was a Potawatomi and Irish Potawatomi Indian and Irish woman, but she looked white. So they moved all the way here from Allegheny, Michigan, just so they could be together. And uh, so I know those struggles. When my grandmother started suffering from Alzheimer's, she forgot she had black grandkids. <laughs> So she would call the police on us all yeah. the time. There's niggers in the house. Like yeah, all, right. I promise you. Wow. And the police would come tripping. After a while, they cut on. Like, that's Mark. That's her grandkids. She's just forgetting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Damn. So I said all that to say, like, race is a social construct that's not even real. So, But what parts of it are real to you and what parts of it are, like, they don't really bother you? What parts of race is a social construct bother me yeah look what part of racism is real to you like you feel it constantly in your life where you're like damn that part really bothers me and then what are other parts that really don't affect you i mean i feel like obviously like societal it's real because people treat you different in a variety of social settings um whether it be from like you know like i work in commercial and like with modeling like you know there'd be like a quota for how many black people they want on a shoot Right, know, like right, it's right. like, oh, yeah, we got our like token, a couple in there. We got a girl with the fro because usually they wear my hair curly. So they'll be like, OK, we got a curly hair girl and we got a one, um, you know, black man. And then everybody else is white. Sometimes they'll have somebody who's Asian or one Hispanic person. Right. But um, so like it's very much real in like work in like life when you're outside in the world. And sometimes how you're treated when you go, you know, obviously I don't know, I'm speaking to the choir, everybody who's black would know you're treated in a variety of ways in social settings. But like. Outside of that, you know, the, like, stereotypes or whatever about black people or whatever it may be, like, they don't affect me in any other personal ways. Like, right, all right. the black people that I know. You know, you surround yourself with people that you want to be around. Like, so, there, yeah, there's hood black people, but there's also hood and, like, ancient white people right. and other <laughs> ethnicities. So, it's, there's no, like... um 
there's no stereotype there that isn't true across the board of other races. It's just that it's promoted in different ways in society. So like, I don't know. I'm, I surround myself by black people that I enjoy being around and that's so, it. So the part that affects me, because my definition of racism comes from Dr. Claude Anderson. Are you familiar with him? No. So Dr. Claude Anderson is an economist. He's a light-skinned guy like me and you. And his definition of racism is the competition for wealth and resources between groups of people. And the part of it that affects me based on that uh, definition is the materialism aspect. I think a lot of times we have to be materialistic or spend on material to be taken serious in, 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 in society. Sometimes it's black people, the labels you wear, the type of gear you wear, it, are your shoes clean, you know, little goofy shit. So that's the part that affects me that I wish would change. Let me ask him a question. Mr. Chilford, we got sports bets this week, right? Yes, sir. Okay, what's the name of your segment, boy? Man, we're going to call it uh, Let's Chew. Let's Chew sports segment. Let's Chew. Let's Chew, man. So we're trying to teach the fans today how to bet, how to make money as a gambler. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. What do you believe sets successful sports bettors apart from those who are unsuccessful? Man, you got to separate that emotion, man. Uh, a lot of people, when they lose a bet, they want to get it back immediately, you feel me? And and then they get to going and and doing all this irresponsible stuff and losing their money, you feel me? So you got to – the ability to keep it all in context and and just uh, stay calm and and be relaxed, that's like the – that would separate like a real professional uh, better who really making money from somebody who's just throwing it away and just betting recklessly. Right. So when's, when, when, when is the time that happened to you where you bet with your emotions and it fucked you? Man, all the time, man. <laughs> It's a constant struggle, you know. You you ain't you never just officially a, a professional better. You you gonna keep making mistakes, but you just gotta limit the mistakes and and make them make the least amount as possible. So, I mean, during the Super Bowl, you know, just uh, I had the under. I forgot it was thirty some points, and and I and I and I was losing it. So, the, and I lost the the first half bet. So after that, I just it was an avalanche, you know, a snowball rolling downhill. I just kept betting and kept losing. So you got to you got to be able to calm down and not get emotional when you bet. How do you decide what games to bet on and what data or information to consider as being important? And a lot of people, you know, people got systems, they got power rankings, like say if it's football, they got power rankings of each team and each team has a certain amount of points and when they match each other, you know, the different people's power ratings will, will determine like if that's a good bet, say, you know, Dallas Cowboys is minus seven against the Raiders, you know, depending on, you know, the power rankings and, and that's, you know, they just crunch the numbers with, you know, the stats of all the players and stuff. And, and it's a science to it, you know, so depending on that, you will make your determination whether minus seven is a good bet or a stupid bet. Right. So we got a game coming this week, right? Miami Heat versus the New York Knicks, right? Are you a fan of who? I am, but I, I couldn't. Nothing? Okay, so you're not a Bulls fan? I'm a Bulls fan. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, so look, we got the Miami Heat versus the New York Knicks. New York Knicks. The under is 206.5. What the fuck does that mean, and what should you do betting on this game to make some money? All right, so the over-under is 206.5. So they basically saying both teams combined are going to either score over 206 or under 206. So the half a point makes it so that you're going to either the under going to hit or the over going to hit. That, that half a point is the wedge. You feel me? So 
Um, with that said, the over-under on the first game was 208 and a half. And it just barely <laughs> hit by half a point. So right. That's, that's a lesson right there. The, it was 209 combined. That's what, what the um the total was. So the over-under was 208. So if you had the under, you would have lost by half a point. Wow. So Golden State, the Wait, money. Oh, oh, let's finish this one. Okay. So okay. Cool. So what this? So how do? So I got five hundred dollars. How do we bet? So listen, we'll we'll do it in hundred. It, it'll make it more um, understandable with a hundred dollars. One unit. One unit could be a hundred dollars to you if you a regular nigga, or if you a baller nigga. One unit could be a thousand dollars. So um, the over under is two oh six on the Miami Heat and uh, New York Knicks bet, right? I'm going to go with under 206.5. It barely went over 208.5, and the opening line on this game was 207, and it went down to 206.5. So I believe that the Sharps, that's some sharp play, and the Sharps then brought it down. The Sharps are the professional better. So depending on what they bet, Las Vegas is going to adjust the odds either up or down. So it's, it opened at 207. Right. It went down to two um, oh six and a half. I feel like that's sharp money on the under, and I feel like it's going to be a more defensive game. And it was a defensive game on the first game. It just right. barely inched over the first, you know, over the two oh nine, two eight, two oh eight and a half. So, so, uh, so a hundred on the heat gets you what? So it's minus one ten. It's basically an even bet. So if you bet a hundred ten, or if you bet eleven hundred, let's let's put it like that. If you put bet eleven hundred. On under two oh six and a half, you'll get you'll make a thousand plus your eleven hundred back. Wow! But if you go the other way on the Knicks, how does that work? Well, I mean, over or under, it's not even a side about the Knicks or the Heat. It's just over or under two oh six and a half. Okay, got you. I'm sure. So either way, you will make the same amount of money. It's, it's basically an even bet, and um, I'm gonna stamp that the under is gonna hit. Put your money down on that under two oh six and a half for the. Uh, for the Knicks. Combined total score under 206 and a half. I stand on that. Bet, bet 1100, make 1000. Yep. Okay. Golden State, money line. Okay. So uh, minus 185 versus the Lakers. So what are we talking about here? Okay. So money line basically means um, just to win. It's no odds, it's no spread. They don't have to win by one or five or 10. It's just straight up to win. So I feel like um, this is like the West Coast Dream match, right? You lost? <laughs> Explain it to her, man. We don't want to talk around her. Explain it to her. Make her understand it. Yeah, so basically this is just an even. Like if I bet you I feel like the Golden State Warriors are going to win or if I feel like the Lakers are going to win, this is like an even bet. You feel me? A money line bet is just just to win. But the odds are, you see, one minus 185 means if you take Golden State to win, you would have to put 185 up to win 100. Okay. Because they're already they're, – they're favored by four and a half points. So you could take the four and a half points for them to win by four and a half or more, and you would double your money. But this, you got to put slight, it's slightly like two to one. So if you bet the 100 and you take the four and a half, you double your money. Yeah, but if you just take them just to win by no point spread, you would have to put 185 up. To get 100. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like, you know, um, Oracle, you know, like I was about to say, it's a dream matchup. It's a West Coast dream matchup. We've got the Lakers versus Golden State, you know, the new guard versus the old guard, and I feel like um, Oracle Arena, even though I'm a Laker fan, right. I feel like Oracle Arena is going to be on fire, and I just think Golden State is going to open up with the win. They're going to get the initial win, so I feel like money line is a safe bet. Put your, put 1800 up. You put 1850 up and get your 1000 
Hey, smart bet. State money line. Okay, now the Dallas Stars. I, I'm, I'm not a hockey guy. It's a yeah. hockey team, right? So you got the Dallas Stars money line versus Seattle Kraken. Yeah, so Seattle, the Seattle Kraken is an expansion team. They're new in the NHL, right? And what they just did something. Miraculous. An incredible name, too. Kraken is like, hey, where we from on Bloods? This is like crazy. Kraken, <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? No, go ahead. <laughs> Nah, but uh, the Seattle Kraken, their um, NHL expansion team, and they did something miraculous. They just beat the Colorado Ranch, who just won the Stanley Cup. So they're the first team to eliminate the Stanley Cup champions in the first round of the playoffs. Incredible. Okay, okay. Not only is th- not not only did they do that, they just beat the Dallas Stars in Game One two days ago. Okay. But I'm but I'm feeling like. Dallas is a great team in their own respect, so I feel like they're not going to open up with a with a 2-0 deficit. I feel like they got to win. This is a must-win game for the Dallas Stars, or the whole you know um, series might be over. So I got Dallas Stars' money line against the Seattle Kraken. You, you had something? You was going to say something? I was just going to say, so that 175 mean, minus 175 means that the Dallas Stars are favored to win. They're favored to win. But so, so if you took the underdog bet, you could put in less. Oh well, yeah, and I didn't even put the numbers up there. So, Sorry. so if you took, you can point it towards you. If you took the underdog back, if you took oh, okay. Seattle Kraken to win again, they would be what you call like plus two ten. So that means you would bet a hundred and you would get two ten plus your hundred back. Ooh. And that's what happened in the first game that they beat the Dallas Stars. What's the last thing you bet on? It could be sports. It could be a nigga. It could be a record label. It could be a manager. What's the last thing you bet on? And you were like, uh, you can say whether something that you got a great outcome or something where you didn't like the outcome. I don't be betting too much. I I feel like you ain't never gave somebody your phone number and they called you at like two in the morning breathing. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I have done that. You thought I gave somebody a phone number and they were like, yeah, we'd love to work together on music. Yeah. And then I did get one of those like 2 a.m. tech. Hey, what are you up to? I was like, wow. I do naked music. It's, it closed off music. Okay. <laughs> She's like, it's Indonesian. It's, oh, it's a part of my culture. No. What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you in the industry where you're like, the Illuminati has to be real if this they happens do. to them? I did. I got. I, I met a guy through a friend. They they were both producers, but then the fr- the one guy was a good friend of mine, and I met the other guy through him and hung out with him to like get to know him better and work together. And then he made a move on me and was like, "You should be my vanity, and I'll be Prince. Everybody in the industry has somebody that they're sleeping with to get to the top. It should be me." And I was like, "Wow, that took a drastic left turn in this one meeting with you." Wow. And then I left, and I was like, and I never saw him again. He was a real weirdo in the bad term. Of yeah, that's <laughs> that's some weird <laughs> shit. That was an old nigga, too, to make a vanity reference. He yeah, was at he least was 50. Young. No, huh? he wasn't. That was the weird part, too. Yeah. He was younger weird, than me, and he made the Prince Vanity reference. It was a lot. He got real, like, introspective and about, like, uh, signs and astrology yeah. and like it got it got real it got weirder than what I'm even saying. It, it was, it I'm strange. a Capricorn. We're scumbags. That's just a part of the sign. It's scumbaggery. <laughs> Have you bumped into him since? I didn't. I never ran into him again. Um, I mean, he got some songs that were in some movies and like he's had some popularity, I guess, since then. But he's weird, so I'm happy to not run into him again. Hey, shout out to the weirdo. Yeah. Um, yeah, though. So um. Now we on the parlay. Yeah, we on the parlay. So we got Dallas. We bet 100 on Dallas, uh, minus 75. What do we win? We bet 175. We win 100. 
Yeah. Okay, so what is this parlay thing? All three equals 100. I don't understand it. To win 363, explain this to the layman. I'm going to say this first. Like, straight bets, that's another key to, to winning and being successful in betting. Straight bets are the safest. So you always want to put up, you have to put up more, but it's more of a safe bet. All those are single safe bets right there because they're straight up. A parlay is when you take multiple teams. So if I take all three of those and bet them all together to where everyone has to hit, every one of those has to win for me to win everything, it's all or nothing basically. So $100 will get you 363 if you put those three bets together. So I stand on all those individually, which would be safer. But if you really want to say fuck it and, and you know, bet the parlay, put the 100 on all three of those, you're going to get 363 plus your 100 back. Okay, you heard it first from Chuford, dollar sign Chuford. Yeah, man. Miami. Stingy, nigga, if you, if you niggas hit, man, go on and hit that cash out, dollar sign Chuford, man. That's real money right there. I'm, free bands right there. Okay, Chuford. And the final thing, man, if somebody want to be shaped like you, what should they eat every day? Man, drink, drink a lot of tequila and fuck bitches. Oh, man, that's too bad, man. Yeah. Hey, that's cool, that's man. Fun. All right, man, tell them where they can find you. I had a lot of fun building this gut, fucking and drinking. <laughs> find me at Mainline um, on Instagram. That's um, M-A-Y-N-E underscore L-I-N-E. Um, you can find me on all um, music platforms, Mainline. Got a lot of heat on there, so go check it out. Tell people your church home. Where's your church home? Holy Deliverance Church on Lincoln <laughs> and, and uh, what's that? Lincoln and Mountain. Lincoln and Hammond. Holy Deliverance. <laughs> Grew up in there. What's that in the dough? Okay, now look, before we go, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. But I want to ask another question because I've heard your voice. I know how dope you are. How how Would you sing something on the spot for us? Is that possible? or? Uh, sure, I could, I'm going to sing some little. I ain't warm up or nothing. Okay, it's up to Let's you. Think. I want people to hear the blessing that you have. <laughs> um, you know, and if you need some backup, I can sing really good oh, okay, too. Sure. Yeah, I'm a very good baritone. Oh. So I can handle, you know what I'm saying, all the, the low tones and stuff like that. If you want to take it to, you know <laughs> if you want to do your thing, just let me know when you're ready. You could just announce what you're gonna sing, if you're gonna freestyle, what it's gonna be. Try to think of what I should sing. Hmm. I don't want to do a brandy song, but I'm blanking on I could do the boy is mine. Okay, you want me to be? You, you want me to be? Uh, you be Brandy and yeah, I'll be yeah, Monica. Yeah. Can okay. you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Or I just know the hook. So same. I'm trying to think. Right. I mean, I think I could do it. Let's just sing the um Ready. the hook. <clears throat> you the, need to. Oh, yo. oh. <laughs> 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 we were, I was gonna start the, the, the boy. Okay, boy, boy is mine. You I'm need to give it up. up. I had about enough. It's not hard to see. The girl is mine. I'm sorry. Sorry that you seem to be confused. She belongs to me. The girl is mine. I think it's time we got this straight. Let's sit and talk face to face. There is no way you couldn't mistake. And for your man, are you insane? That's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the whole shit. Good. I just know the hook. <laughs> Super dope. If you, if they want to work with you, tell them where they can find you. I am on all platforms. I am on Instagram. That's where I'm at the most. And my at is love, L-O-V-E, Ebonique, E-B-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Hit me up there. Answer everything. And that's where I'm at. 
Man, blow her up. Tell her to come fuck with us more, man. She's very smart. We need we need somebody who can uh who can answer tough questions and also ask them too. That would be dope. Hey man, that's been this episode of uh, Roast with the Host. And if I owe you something, get it from God. God, God, God. This is SOS Songs on the Spot for real. I'm on the spot spot. Uh, this is Valerie. Well, sometimes I go out by myself and I look across the water. And I think of all the things, what you're doing. And in my head, I paint a picture. Well, since I've come home, well, my body's been a mess. And I miss your tender hair and the way you like to dress. Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Valerie. Ooh, Valerie. Valerie. Did you have to go to jail? Put your house on up for sale. Did you get a good lawyer? Hope you didn't catch a tan. Hope you found the right man who fix it for you. Mm, are you shopping anywhere? Change the color of your hair. Are you busy? Did you have to pay that fine? You was dodging all the time. I hear you're still dizzy. Mm, well, since I've been home, well, my body's been a mess. And I miss your ginger hair and the way you like to dress. Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me. Ooh, why don't you come on over, Valerie? Valerie. Ooh, Valerie. Yeah. Ooh, Valerie. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Ooh, Hey. That shit hey. was dope as fuck, Valerie. Hey. hey, check it out. Hold on, hold on. Let me put this down so y'all can see my face. There we go. There go the big nose bastard. <laughs> check it out. Um, Tremaine's betting segment. We are not financial advisors. This is just our humble opinion on what might be possible. But we are not your financial advisor. We are just people who love sports. So get, go ahead and place a bet. God, God, God.
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.